It's an Arkansas AgCast first. Plus, we have the legislative updates for the session, and we'll talk ag exports all on today's episode of the Arkansas AgCast. You're listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Jason Brown and John Nickman. How about that? How about that? Little update. Yeah. We're back. We're, we're still we're, cold. You're official now. <laughs> <laughs> you passed your 90 day uh, uh, probationary period. So that, that's over. I'm, I'm excited so to know that. Over. Yeah. How about Sad. that? You're. You're locked in now. You can't go anywhere. So. You know, I was thinking, I don't know if this is going to work out. Yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> too, late. You, it's too late. The reviews are in, and I, you've, like, come in and stolen the show. Oh, no, that's that's not me. You uh, know, I'm just happy to be here. Well. Hey. I'm just an economist. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you say that, but uh, you did have a pretty big moment on the, on yeah. the show for – for this week, I mm-hmm. should say. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. You want to tell them what it was? Sure. Uh, Mr. McMahon interviewed. Uh, a first for us, uh, for the Arkansas ICAST, uh, we had a sitting U.S. senator here on the show. Yeah. You got to uh, have that interview. Yeah. What, what is it? Only uh, what, what is a few weeks or a handful of weeks that I've been here, like we mentioned, and now I'm yeah. already interviewing uh, senators. So. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I'm, you uh, have rocketed to the top. Uh, amongst other things that have been going on here at Farm Bureau the last few weeks, uh, yes, I got to interview a senator, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an active and, sitting senator, and you did a fine job. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that thank also, you. the senator came with a live studio audience. Yes, uh, of course, people are just generally interested in that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know the staff that travel with him, and usually there's only what four of us in here in the room mm-hmm. yep. that day interviewing a senator. Yeah. My first interview, uh-huh. again, was a senator. Just if y'all <laughs> didn't catch that. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had an audience in here, so it, yeah. was, it, was, it was a little nerve-wracking there, but kind of got it in my groove there. Somebody pulled some strings because it was like a reasonable temperature in here mm-hmm. also while he was here. Yeah. Uh, it's anything but reasonably temperature uh, in here right now. Um, it's colder in the mornings. We were doing it, or in the afternoons, I guess. It, yeah. it, se- it seems like it just keeps getting colder and colder as the day goes. Yeah. So. In July, I'll I'll really appreciate this. Room. <laughs> That's <laughs> in August. Matthew yeah. said something similar earlier. He's like, yeah. you know, used to we had lights that would really heat things up, but mm. uh, all even the technology and lights have yeah. sort of taken the heat out. Um, let me see what else. It, you know, we weren't here last week, and I kind of missed doing the show. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, I know we were nice, together though. in D.C. and and we had a great trip there. Um, we were down there for up there for um, issues advisory committee meetings yep. um, at American Farm Bureau. Uh, big thanks to the farmer leaders who uh, made the trip to take part in that: Michael Lee, Trent Dabbs, Chase Groves, Dustin Cowell, uh, Heath Donner. Yep. I don't think I left anybody off the list. Um, uh, no. And then, oh. yeah, and then we had uh, we had a number of, of, of staff there, too, to provide support, sit yep. in on the meetings that weren't covered, uh, things like that. And um, if people aren't aware, Issue Advisory Committee is oh, yeah. kind of this, the, the national level of our commodity division meetings. 
So yeah. instead of being soybeans or specialty crops, whatever they may be, the, the issue advisory committee or what that stands for is issues like in federal lands or water rights or market structures, uh, you name it. Yeah, and specifically our leadership, we're, we're sitting in on meetings on the topics of animal health, budget and economy, federal lands, technology, and farm yep. policy. Um, I know I, I sat in on an energy meeting. I'm sure you sat in on a couple of others mm-hmm. uh, as well, uh, along with other staff. So anyway, good representation. Like you said, it's sort of the beginning of the policy development process at that national yep. level. Same much kind like of format. Our, yeah. yeah, much like our meetings uh, here were. So thanks to those guys for making the trip, taking the time away from their operations to be a part of that process. Um, and it was really informative. I, I learned a lot. Um, and speaking of those winter commodity meetings, we had those yesterday. Yep. You want to share anything special uh, from that? You know, I'm uh, I'm not wanting to brag on myself, but we did have to knock down a wall in the hotel to get more people in our specialty crop meeting I, yesterday. I heard that. Uh, and we ran out of time. Uh, the discussion wanted to keep on going, you know, yeah. and we just didn't have enough time to talk about everything that we, we wanted to talk about. So that was... You could say that's an issue, but I think mm-hmm. that's a good thing. We've we've got more discussion going on in that room and that meeting than we ever have. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot more participation participation than we've really had in the past. So that was exciting. Uh, do, do you think that's because of more growers interested in uh, you know sort of the conversations that we've got going on here from policy perspective, or are we seeing more growers in that space? Or both, or, or I think everything is driven by demand uh-huh. uh, and trickles down from consumer demand. And what in the last 10, 20 years we're seeing is local foods and people being more concerned about where their food's coming from. Yeah, uh, and the support of uh, local producers in the state. And if mm-hmm. consumers are demanding that, then the the farmers will answer that. Whether that's yeah. growing more or more farmers coming to the market. Yeah, well, that's exciting. I mean, to see that crowd in there, and you, you guys were the last meet. That meeting was right before lunch, and you were the last to let yep. out. And it was, yep. I mean, like you said, the conversation was was really pretty active. Yeah, I think in our summer division meetings, we won't have any presenters this time. We're just going to sit down and talk, <laughs> talk, and, you know, yeah. And yeah, yeah, hash things out. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, that's that's awesome. I, I sat in on a couple of uh, row crop meetings. Um, mm. I know we, we also had the first meeting of our small ruminants yes. uh, commodity yeah, uh, division. Um, so congrats to those guys for having a good good meeting. From what I could hear, it was record turnout or close to it. I mean, everybody just kept going on and on about the, the attendance yeah. uh, at the meeting. I thought it really today, was. So. Um, and I, I don't think anybody showed up to at the embassy from what I heard since we oh, were at the good. window. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and the fried chicken was good. I was gonna say there was a lot of bragging about the lunch. <laughs> was there the fried chicken and the smoked mac and cheese? Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you were there, thanks for making the time to come out. Uh, if you weren't, please try and join us next year. I guess. Um, let me see. Oh, something that came up yesterday. Uh, Huck Plowler. Yeah. Uh, he and his classmates have got a pretty cool project going on. I, as I understand it, they everybody in the class brings in a podcast for the for the class to listen to, okay. and then talk about you know what were the topics they discussed and how did they go about doing it, things like that. Yep. And in in down in Hempstead County, uh, I heard yesterday that their class chose the Arkansas or he Huck chose the Arkansas Adcast. Well how about that? To be uh to be the podcast for for the classroom. Wow. Thanks, Huck. 
Yeah. So if you guys are listening down there in Hempstead County, uh, Huck, thank you for bringing making the Arkansas Adcast part of that process. And uh, yeah, we're thankful to you guys for listening. We're happy to be watching. in the classroom and yeah, exactly. being a part of the learning experience. For sure. Now listen to your teacher and do what she says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, bring a, and bring us some square pizza. Yeah, yeah, I miss some square pizza. <laughs> Uh, actually, cinnamon roll. You get pizza, I'll get cinnamon Man, we had the, the best donuts at my school lunch. Yeah? Uh, and then macaroni and cheese with ham in it. That might be really, really? weird, but no, I don't no. think that's my elementary school, yeah. that, it, that, that's yeah. what I miss the most. Yeah. Huh. Well, I like, I think mac and cheese is just a vehicle. Yeah. Brisket. Lobster. You know, whatever you, yeah. ham, mm-hmm. whatever you want to put in it. Now, in high school, the big big day was chicken nugget day. I mean, yeah. you, if you didn't get there in time, you weren't going to make it to class after lunch. Really? Yeah, or you or you just weren't going to eat chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh, man. We, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that we had anything that was other than, you know, your classic stuff. Yeah. Like we What's your about, favorite but, school lunch? How about that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll talk about, I, I mentioned school cinnamon rolls, but uh, it is National Chili Day. Mm. Uh, for those of you interested, it's a little warm for chili today. Tomorrow, I think, will be a great chili day. Uh, but I've got a question for you too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you may know what it is, but chili. Brian, we'll start with you. Okay. Do beans belong in chili? Oh, I, I love it with beans in it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like a couple different beans. Don't oh yeah. Specific or beans. Whatever. Yeah. Do you have do a I? bean choice? Is like one bean or variety of beans? Or? Variety. We can. Yeah. You can do variety. It's good. Just put yeah. them in there. Yeah. yeah. It's right. good. Yeah. Yeah. I like it that way. I like beans too. Yeah, uh, but I'll, I'll eat it without beans. Right. I'm Same here. not. Uh, I don't care when it comes. To, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, beans sure, but like I have forgotten them before, and uh, got ragged pretty yeah. good for making meat soup or something. Yeah. Of that well, nature, yeah. You know, but you know, I draw the line when you start adding other things. Corn. They, see. Taco soup. That's not chill. exactly. Yeah. When you put corn in it, it turns to soup. Yeah. But yeah. they're oh no no it's it's still chilly. I'm now, like, no. a buddy of mine taught me a, a trick that I like. My wife doesn't necessarily like it, but I he goes half ground beef, half Italian sausage, and I started making mine the same like thing. that. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you like it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've even no, done chorizo before. It's a little different, but yeah, it's good. yeah. We do deer chili. It's yeah it's for good. sure. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh, well, so to this point, talking about DC a minute ago. Um, we were there having dinner and Matt brings up this topic that I, I want to bring to the podcast. I made a mental note while we were at dinner. Trying to trigger me, I think. I know. (laughs) He says, not a question, a hot take, I'll say. Chili does not belong on the soup menu. Ooh. That'll get the head spinning one. Oh, man. You can't, you can't derail my thought there. See, he is immovable. Yeah. Well, that... That took it a step further from the do you add corn or do you add beans? Yeah, that, yeah. That can start a fight with you, with most folks. <laughs> so it was pretty interesting. Do you have thoughts on that? Do you, um, I could be swayed. Yeah. I mean. Have you ever had chili soup? No. <laughs> I'm just asking. Well, I've had soupy chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, think but it, yeah. I think it's a well-made point. It I, is a well-made point. I can't point. find a, a hole in the argument. So anyway, I want to bring I that feel, up because it kind of blew I feel my mind. Seinfeld episode coming on because it's yeah. like yeah. you know I'm just gonna order soup. Soup is not a meal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now chili, 
chili can be a meal. meal. Chili's a meal. See there, and it's it, it just it's consistency the, is wasn't that soup. part of the argument? I think was that yeah. chili can be a meal on its oh, own. Oh yeah. yeah, totally. I don't know. Totally. Um, very filling. And if you've ever had chili soup, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Beans belong in it. Okay. Chili doesn't belong on the soup menu. I think the last thing we'll mention, and I I apologize, I I meant to do this, (laughs) to say something about this before we got to the chili, uh, was a shout out to Brad and Tara Peacock. Uh, They were uh, made a trip to Wisconsin last week and were named uh, 2023 National Outstanding Young Farmers. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, Super exciting. um, It's a big deal. Making that venture. Uh, you know, from White County, uh, Arkansas, uh, all the way to Wisconsin, and 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 a, such a such a big honor. Um, so anyway, congrats to you guys. Hats off. I know there's a lot of a lot of work that's come with that. Uh, so we just wanted to recognize that here on the podcast too. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a busy show. Uh, we've of course we've got the interview with Senator John Bozeman that we'll play here shortly. Uh, but we wanted to kick off the show today with our legislative update segment, bringing you to uh, bring you the latest news impacting agriculture at the state capitol. Uh, both the House and Senate reconvened on Monday afternoon, marking the seventh week of the 94th session of the General Assembly. Mm. As of this week, we're tracking 44 bills, including four that address our policy priorities. It's been a busy session with 823 bills filed as of earlier this Wow. Yeah. As of earlier this week. So uh, House Bill 1336 is one we've mentioned several times on the show and allows the Division of uh, Elementary and Secondary Education to create an ag education pilot program in public elementary schools after required uh, consultation with industry stakeholders. Uh, That bill was set to go for that before the House uh, Education Committee this week. I happened to talk to Lindsey Rucker, who testified uh, to the committee on, on behalf of that bill. Um, and there have been some updates, but I, I apologize. I'm not all the way current on this. Um, but you know, uh, that bill is moving forward. House bill 1182, which would allow additional roles and scope for practice for vet tech specialists to provide care to animals under the indirect supervision of a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all based on, uh, animal care policy we have here at farm bureau. Yep. We're supportive of this bill. It's passed the house. Uh, it's passed the Senate. I believe with an amendment, um, so I think it's headed back. But anyway, that uh, or maybe headed to the governor's desk actually. So that that bill is making some progress. Uh, moving on to Senate Bill One Nine One, a bill that would repeal re- uh, provisions that require uh, members of the state plant board to be appointed from lists of candidates submitted by industry groups. The House passed the bill on February sixteenth uh, with the emergency clause adopted uh, from there. It returned to the Senate as passed and ordered enrolled. Okay. Uh, House Bill, uh, yeah, I think that's, let me see. I'm sorry. I, I was going to add one more, but I think th- I think that wraps us up for this week. Had a duplicate in there. Um, you know, we're, again, we're tracking this stuff every day. If you're not part of our legislative update email list, those go out on Mondays and Fridays, so we'll have a new one out tomorrow. Yep. Um, it's busy, busy at the Capitol. So uh, these it's things busy are constantly month. changing. It really is a busy month. Busy, busy. Uh, have had that conversation with a few folks yesterday, but it is meeting season, especially yeah. for our row crop farmers who Absolutely. are getting ready to head back. Um, anyhow, well, that is uh, that's what we got for the legislative uh, update. Let's take a quick break, and uh, before we get into the conversation with Senator Bozeman. 
Arkansas farmers and ranchers work seven days a week. That means when you hit the road, you may be sharing it with farm equipment, especially if you're traveling along rural roads and county highways. Farm equipment moves slower than our pickup trucks and minivans. They may not have the safety lights and turn signals of our family vehicles either. The trucks and tractors moving down the road need extra room to make turns, cross bridges, and move through intersections too. We all get in a hurry sometimes, but it's important that we all stay safe, no matter if we're headed to buy groceries or grow them. So next time you're cruising past a pasture or field, keep an eye out for farmers. They'll be sure to keep an eye out for you too. If we all work together, we can make sure Arkansas is cultivating safe roads. You know, you may find yourself on the road with a farmer moving hay this time of year, and soon we'll see uh, row crop implements out there too. Uh, let's just all be sure to help one another cultivate safe roads. Wow. We're so honored to note, Senator Bozeman, first for the AgCast, welcoming a sitting U.S. Senator uh, on the show today. I'm joined by, for those of you listening, I'm joined by Senator John Bozeman, who truly needs no introduction, of course, with farmers and ranchers in Arkansas and well beyond. That said, a couple notable things about you, Senator. Uh, you currently serve as ranking member of the Senate Ag Committee. Uh, you're the most recent recipient of the Golden Plow Award, which is the highest honor presented to a sitting member of Congress by the American Farm Bureau. And I'm very, very, very proud of that. Well, we're, we're happy to uh, award, or I guess American Farm Bureau was happy to award you that, I'm not sure. Uh, you're also certainly a friend of Arkansas farmers and ranchers, and as well, Arkansas Farm Bureau. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, again... As you said, the uh, Arkansas, not the Arkansas, well, Arkansas, the American Farm Bureau did award me with the Golden Plow, and that was truly a great honor and mm -hmm. something that yeah. uh, uh, I have in a, a very special place. I look at it periodically and know that uh, Mr. Zippy is is uh, wondering what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you got it up there in a nice little spot on the shelf so it shines when he walks in. Exactly. Yeah, he can't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now you're able to join us here on the studio because you're back in the district, you know, doing some more important work with Arkansas farmers this week here in Arkansas. You're uh, hosting listening sessions in Fort Smith and Monticello uh, to understand the needs of producers in the upcoming farm bill. We're grateful to have had or have had the opportunity to be a part of those those meetings. Of course, that said, we do have a few questions for you. Uh, about the farm bill and the work uh, on the committee. Is that okay if we ask you a few of these questions? Any easy questions you want to ask is fine with me. Okay, I'll try to keep the brain busters our, down. Our plan is to, we're, we were in Fort Smith today in the 3rd District, being uh, Monticello tomorrow yeah. in the 4th District. We're planning on, on hitting all four districts. Good. Uh, just to, to, to make sure that we do our very, very best to have people represented from all over the state with different, Different needs, different mm -hmm. different crops, different issues, different uh, uh, you know things with food security. Yeah, making sure that again all of those are represented, and uh, so that's the plan. Yeah, it's a diverse group we have here in the state, and very much. So. It? Yeah. Well, we'll start off with what, the first question. So, you, like I said, you're back in the district uh, working on the farm bill. So, tell me uh, what you hope to achieve by having these conversations with your constituents. Well, I really believe that the answers to our problems come from the ground up mm -hmm. so these are individuals that are out there fighting the battle what i want to do is is hear 
the 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 problems that they're having, mm-hmm. and that might be from a uh, you know input cost whatever the regulatory burden that they're under and then the good things that are happening absolutely and a lot of things that we can do with the farm bill don't necessarily cost money it's just making the farmer the producer's life a little bit easier a little less burdensome sometimes burdensome and a lot of that is 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 the regulatory burden it's forms that are too complicated it's it's just things that that uh we just need to do a better job of on the government end yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like the fact that you said that it's a, you know, from the ground up because that's how we work here at Farm Bureau. It's ground or grassroots operations. So uh, that's great. So, uh, next question Can you share some of the feedback you've received uh, on this Farm Bureau listening tour so far? And how does that align with conversations you've had with colleagues in DC? Well, it aligns very well. Uh, there's concern. One of the things that came up today that, that I've heard a lot about in the last really the last couple of years, we're having all of these uh, these these 200-year climate episodes, oh, yeah. only we're having them every year. Yes, sir. And so as a result of that, we, we as a Congress have distributed a lot of drought aid, mm-hmm. a lot of aid for, for all kinds of different reasons, Yep. Uh, drought, flooding, and everything in between. That has been dependent on Congress just kind of coming together and say, yeah, this is bad enough. We'll give some aid. It's a slipshod approach. Mm-hmm. It's not very transparent. Mm-hmm. And then the other problem is once we actually get it done, it might take a couple of years for the farmer to get it. So we've got to work and try and figure out how we can come up with a better system, Yeah, how we can make that part of the safety net. And uh, so we're working on that and uh, trying to get good advice as to exactly what we need to, to do in that direction. Well, I'm sure producers here in the state would really appreciate that because we, we, we've got a, on both ends, it seems like there's severe weather event, spring, summer, fall, whether it was the drought, like you said, in the summer this year and the uh, flooding a few springs before that. So Arkansas is a unique state when it comes to weather. It is. And we're, we're also a very diverse state as far as needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Fort Smith, we saw we heard from a lot of cattle producers mm-hmm. in that area, a lot of poultry. Yes, and so they are new to actually participating in some of the safety net yep. programs. Our, our row crop, of course, growers are much much more attuned to that. Mm-hmm. So they're having problems figuring out. We need to do a better job. We had a county agent there that was very very good. Uh, we really appreciate their work, the great job that they do. Poultry, cattle. Some of our specialty crops, again, they're not as attuned mm-hmm. to the system, and that's something that uh, we need to help them. Yeah, it could be a little difficult for some others. A little bit difficult yeah. as they learn how to how to uh, interact. Yeah. Well, uh, what can farmers around the country do to encourage uh, their members to pass Farm Bill this year? Well, the good news is, you know, in the last Farm Bill, uh, we had, I believe, what, 86 votes 87, 86 votes around that, okay. uh, which you get that many votes on anything. <laughs> That's a huge success. Yes. I think only 20 members in the House voted against it. So one of the th- one of the problems we got is there aren't very many farmers. Mm-hmm. And so not only do we have to, to educate the public as to why it's so important, and, and I think they do understand that, especially with food inflation. Yeah. You know, understanding that even though prices here have become higher we still have the safest cheapest food supply of any place in the world and how important it is to keep those prices low 
But not only the public, we have to educate fellow members of Congress. Of course. And so we're working hard to do that. But uh, as far as your listeners, they just need to, good news in Arkansas, you know, is we're in good shape. Uh, our members are going to come through. And so um, just being active in, in uh, you know, a lot of people wear a lot of different hats, you know, lots of different associations, being mm-hmm. active in those associations. The one thing now as we go into this farm bill is farmers need to stand together. Of course. So it's going to be, we're going to come up with a farm bill that, that I think is going to be a very good farm bill. It's not going to be as good as everybody would like. It never is. No. But what we want to do is make sure that it's not a one-size-fits-all, that it respects the regions of the country, the different commodities, Yeah. so that we bring everybody together to get this done. That's really what it takes is, is agriculture sticking together. Well, good, good. Well, uh, like you kind of mentioned before, Arkansas agriculture is a very diverse industry. Uh, how do you, as ranking member, approach the farm bill issues with such a diverse representation here in the state? Well, it takes the wisdom of Solomon <laughs> to just deal with the farm bill in general. But Arkansas is no different than the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And so this really isn't about Democrats. It's not about Republicans. It's about Southern agriculture versus the eyes, mm-hmm. Illinois, Iowa, Indiana. The Great Plains are different. California is different. Yep. You know, so it's getting all of those different regions and then the various commodities Cotton farmers have different problems than, than people that are growing rice mm-hmm. or corn or peanuts or specialty crops. I mentioned earlier, you know, our poultry producers, our cattle producers, they're all different. And so what we've got to do is, is listen, figure out what they need, and then do our best to come forward you yeah. know, and, and put something together. And then the other thing, too, that we've listened to are, are the people that are in the uh, the business of helping people that uh, don't have enough food. Yeah, of course. Nutrition programs, which is, as you know, is, is really the primary mm-hmm. aspect of the farm bill. This farm bill right now, the way it's scoring is agriculture is probably 16 to 20%, and the rest of it is, is uh, food stamps. Yeah. And, and nutrition program you know so, most people probably wouldn't even realize that's in they, the farm they, bill. they don't really you know we talk about a farm bill mm-hmm. but the farm bill is really a very very small part of the actual big bill yeah yeah okay. well uh the ag committee has some members who aren't necessarily as in touch with agriculture as you are in particular how do you plan to bring your college colleagues along in a way that's beneficial to farmers well i think you again we we do have a lot of people on the ag committee that don't Aren't, aren't is attuned to farming uh, that are more attuned to the nutrition program. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of educating them. I do think I've really been encouraged in visiting with my Republican colleagues, visiting with my Democrat colleagues. Uh, people understand that it's not, this is not just about farmers. It's not just about nutrition. This is 25% of our state's GDP. Mm-hmm. If you go to Ohio, it's 25%. It's probably 40% in the Dakotas. Yep. Uh, it's it's not near that much in California, but California has such a huge GDP. It's you know, a big state. It, it is, and they can grow anything. Their, their farm, you know, even though it's smaller, it's as great as any. It's probably yep. great as most, you know, many countries. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's, it's just a matter of... of uh, of making sure that they understand it. And for the most part, I think they do. This is all about rural America. 
because when you get outside of any town of any size, it's 85 or 90 percent. We've got 75 counties, probably 52 or 53 of those yep. lost population mm-hmm. in this last census. Yep. Yep. Agriculture is all that's left. We've lost our manufacturing. So not only is the, is the agriculture about farmers who represent those areas, but it's also about helping with the uh, rural infrastructure mm-hmm. through water programs, yes, broadband, yep. helping with uh, our community hospitals, all that it takes to make sure that we have a vibrant rural America. So the good news is I think that uh, you know we, we are doing a good job of educating Congress that we're not just talking about putting safety nets in place for farmers. It's all of this. And, uh, and, and, you know, it is a huge, it is a huge part of the economy of almost all of our states. Yeah. It's a much bigger, bigger picture about, you know, just how much agricultural effects are indirectly contributes to other industries across the state and across the country as well. Right. Very much. And one of the things we we didn't get a chance to talk about it much this morning, probably Mm -hmm. more tomorrow with our row crops, 40% of the things that we grow are exported. Yes. So making sure that we develop the, again, putting in place uh, some programs, making sure that we develop those foreign markets mm-hmm. is so, so very important. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, a crop like soybeans is very dependent on that export ma- market, uh, especially when the river was so low this year. Yeah, very much. <laughs> uh, how do you think your relationship with uh, Chairwoman Stabenow will benefit the process of passing a new farm bill? We've got a really good relationship, and, and – uh, We've done some things together, and I think both of us realize that, that if we don't work together, things simply don't get done. Mm-hmm. And so we, we were able to uh, put in place this Growing Climate Solutions Act, which which is good. wasn't so good when we started looking at it, but we yep. worked together and we made it, made it where it is good. What it's going to do is give farmers more tools in their toolbox that if they want to, on a ver- voluntary basis, they want to get into the carbon credit oh, yeah. markets yeah. and things like that. In the private sector, they'll be able to do that. Okay. Again, the operative word there is voluntary. Yes, sir. Okay. We're not going to hook, uh, you know, the, the, we're not going to hook uh, climate programs with the safety nets, crop insurance, mm-hmm. ARC, PLC. For me, that's a red line. Yeah. We simply aren't going to do that. But but the the rest of your question too, we were able to do that. We were able to to beef up one of the problems that we've got with uh, nutrition programs is we do a great job during the school year mm-hmm. then summer comes yeah and so you don't have the infrastructure in place to, to do as good a job and so uh, we really had some areas where young people were falling through the cracks uh, and we were able to uh, work together you know to, to, good to do that so we we again we've done a number of things together big things but they don't get done unless we work together, Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, it takes everybody, doesn't it? It takes everybody. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to ease up on the, the hard questions now. Here on the show, we used to, we usually have kind of a, a fun question at the end of our little interviews and segments. So what I have for you today is you had an opportunity to play with one of the most well-known coaches, or with, under one of the most well-known coaches in college football history, uh, Coach Frank Broles. So my question is, what did you learn from Coach or on the field with the Razorbacks uh, that you, uh, you that goes with you as an elected official now? Well, I learned a lot of things. I learned the value of, of being part of a team. Mm-hmm. 
working together. When you work together as opposed to doing your own thing, you can get a lot of things done. And I mentioned earlier, yep. agriculture needs to stick together. Uh, and I, you know, also learned that, that uh, you can get through adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets pretty tough out there in yep. practice and on the field. It's hot. So uh, just a lot of life lessons. And then Coach Brawls always would say that there's two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. There's givers and they're takers, and you need to be a giver. So um, it was a tremendous experience. I was blessed. I was re- around some great coaches. Coach Brawls was the head coach. My my offensive line coach was actually Joe Gibbs. Okay, yeah. Who went on to, to do great things mm-hmm. for the Washington Redskins, won a bunch of Super Bowls. And, yep. And, Truly was one of the greatest coaches that, that uh, has been you know, in the in recent generations. Mm-hmm. So lots of good experiences, a lot of good things. I would say this. Uh, I tell him that he should give me part of his retirement because <laughs> myself and two or three others were so uncoachable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were hard to, hard to deal with, huh? We were hard to deal with. He left, <laughs> he left college football and went to the pros. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because of his experience with us. So. Yeah. Well, the sad thing is, if he were here, he would agree with that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Senator, I really appreciate your time. That's all the questions I have for you today. Uh, I know our members and uh, staff here really appreciate the time you've taken to meet with us today. No, thank you. And we really appreciate Farm Bureau, the great work that they do, and, and uh, just kind of helping to coordinate uh, in so many different ways. I think we've got a great opportunity as we as we come upon this Farm, farm bill mm-hmm. and, and getting it done and is going to take all of us sticking together, working hard to get done. But we're in a, a situation now because of these very high interest rates, yes, high input costs, mm-hmm. the list goes on and on. Uh, we need to help our, our farm community and, and, again, rural America as we go forward. So we've got a great opportunity to do that, and uh, we're going to be working really hard to, uh, to get it over the finish line. Well, good. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, keep up the hard, good work. Thank you so much. Make, make Coach World proud. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. What are you, five, six weeks into this gig? Something like that. I've lost count. interviewed a sitting U.S. senator? I've been I mean, here so long, you're not going to let me go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's pretty amazing, man. And you guys had a – that conversation was, uh, you know – Super informative and to understand yeah. the thought process, not only, you know, that, you know, for the farm bill, mm-hmm. which impacts not only Arkansas farmers, but farmers all across the country. Yeah. And just how engaged he is with not only what's going on in the state, but yeah. also the other individuals he's working with on the Hill. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, just with the political climate now that that, that specific thing kind of needs more uh, unity. Uh, yeah. And I think he's really ha- has a grasp on that. And it was really impressive sitting down listening to, you know, just what he was focused on and what he thought was important and what mm-hmm. what's important to producers here in the state. You know, we, we talked about, I think, coming off the A-State Agri-Business Conference, how Joe Outlaw there was yeah. presenting and, and mentioned Senator Bozeman and some of the requests they get from, from his office, mm-hmm. the Senate, Senate Ag uh, Committee office. Um, you, you probably noticed uh, Senator Bozeman, looked over to the side a couple of times. He had uh, he had a couple of folks from his team here. He's so informed yeah. and knows knows the information that, that should guide the policies. He he always wants to make sure he's getting that information correctly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, they they and were they were the biggest audience I've had so keeping far. Himself, so, keeping himself keeping himself in did check. A good job. 
Yeah. Well, we didn't redo the intro until you finished the other day. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was the <laughs> final. We want to see how you did, but we made it <laughs> that official. Was, so. That was it. That was like my final <laughs> exam. <laughs> the ACT. <laughs> I didn't do very well in the ACT. <laughs> believe Me it or not. I had a conversation a lot. I'm like, yeah, I sure I made it. For, for all the pressure they put on me taking that thing, I sure yeah. I made it. Uh, that I was okay, not a test taker you know? by any means. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I love that we we had the ability to bring that conversation to our listeners and mm-hmm. viewers uh, here in the state and well beyond. You know, as ranking member of the Senate Act Committee, that conversation with Senator Bozeman provides some insight, like we were saying, to the process of the Farm Bill, the work, all the work that's going on in D.C. right now. Um, so, anyway, it was, it was good to just ha- be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's right. We hope the, the interview is helpful for those uh, following along with the Farm Bill conversation, of course. Uh, we'll wrap up the show with some important data from USDA, uh, just released this morning. Uh, it's the U.S. Agricultural Trade Outlook Report. All right. The report, which was released this morning and is the first uh, the first look at export numbers from the USDA this calendar year, and things have changed a bit since the last report in November 2022. U.S. agricultural exports in fiscal year 2023 uh, are projected at $184.5 billion dollars. Wow. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Down $5.5 billion from the November forecast, the export forca- the export forecast for all major commodity groups are down, mm-hmm. with the largest decrease projected for corn, sorghum, and soybeans. The full report, which is available at ers.usda.gov, is where you can put dollars uh, to the decrease across commodities. Yeah. The report notes a sharp decline in sorghum production, and for soybeans, the decrease is points to lower U.S. supplies and higher competition from Brazil. We heard a lot of that, actually, in our division meeting the other day. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Which we've talked about on our, on the show recently, of course. Yeah. But uh, also, cotton exports are also forecast to be down uh, on lower volumes. Okay. Moving away from row crops, the report notes that livestock, poultry, and dairy exports are forecasted to decrease by $900 million dollars. As declines in beef, poultry, and dairy exports more uh, more than often offset increases in pork exports. Okay. Yep. According to the report, China is forecast to remain the largest market uh, for the U.S. agricultural exports at $34 billion, unchanged from previous forecasts. That's pretty interesting because we had, at the IAC meetings in Washington, D.C., we mm-hmm. had an economist come in that said the same exact thing. Really? So and, knew it before USDA. Yeah, and he, he kind of outlined what – how dependent we are, uh, as well as other countries uh, across the world, on exports to China. Yeah. Exports to Mexico are forecast to remain unchanged at $28 billion, while exports to Canada are forecast down $500 million uh, on lower corn demand. Okay. Which we've yeah. talked about some of that recently. Yep. Wrapping up, the report brings up uh, a bit of good news for the world and U.S. economies as a whole, noting that the global economic outlook Uh, for 2023 has moderately improved since the last forecast in November 2022, as downside risks of recession have lessened. Inflation Mm -hmm. has begun to ease globally, particularly in the United States, but remains elevated. Yeah. Uh, Economic growth is expected to remain steady, but at a slower slower pace than in recent years. This is the last report on U.S. ag trade until May 31st. Uh, We'll sure bring bring that information back to the show when temps are much warmer, and crops are in the ground here in the state, so kind of be looking looking out for that, and we'll we'll have that for you. Yeah, that um that information about uh, 
the economy is something too that we've covered here. I think in the last inflation or uh, interest rate hike, yeah. we, we reported on some of that uh, brighter signs around the inflation conversation mm-hmm. or recession conversation at least. So um, that's a good one, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, all right, well, I guess uh, we've taken taken a lot of time. Uh, again, it's been a long show. Apologize for that, but uh, <laughs> some good stuff today. But how about we wrap up things with uh, Brian? And put this episode on the shelf. Okay. You have so, any chili facts for us? Yeah. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I could look some up real quick, but I was not prepared for chili. So Yeah. Well, uh, although it is chilly in here. We, uh, we, uh, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Well hold the shakes back. You got Matthew. <laughs> I'm watching Invisible uh, to, my, to my right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. That's funny. Well, we went 0 for 3 last time. So I thought about giving you an easy one uh-huh. just to kick off so you'd at least have one. Yeah. So you want an easy one? I, I would appreciate so it. So we can I, start I that know. way. I may get at this least. one wrong. In it. So, all right. <laughs> don't, I'll, go, I'll, don't go too heavy on the easy. I'll, I'll throw you an easier one. How far can you walk into the woods? As far as you want. <laughs> Until uh, you hit in. the first tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was an easy. This is a shout out to my dad. This is one of okay. his favorites. Okay. But, uh, <clears throat> halfway. Help me. Yeah. After that, you're walking out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes. That's, uh, See there? I, I That's it. up there with what can it. you not eat for breakfast. Yeah, well, <laughs> what has a bottom at the top? What has a bottom at the top? I'm terrible. I don't know. These. Give us a hint. Yeah. Your legs. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and true shout out to Seinfeld once again. Yeah. We'll end with this one. Yeah. Okay. Poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? Mm. I don't know. I am. It's too cold to really <laughs> critically think. <anything>. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Oh, well, yeah, that's pretty go. good. Show about nothing. Yeah. Man, show about I'm going to have to take that first one back. I, I'm going to have to steal that from you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. How Half, far can you walk into the woods? Halfway. halfway. <laughs> so, it's the same thing as uh, where you bury survivors, you know, so. Where? Which side? You don't bury survivors. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> got to get... We got to get pumped up again. I mean... It's too cold. I'm, I'm throwing it. I don't know, man. I, I will give you that. It's it's the... You're freezing. Your brain's not working right, so... Yeah. You know, so yeah. Well, we'll let it go. But... All right. Well... We have confirmed it is official as of today. And after all this, we are going to start labeling this segment... Stump the host. Yeah, so well, we are, we're, it's insane. You guys have made it official. The last so. two shows, you've <laughs> you've stumped us, wiped us out. So, yeah. and uh, depending on how things go, I may start taking uh, requests from the listeners. I may uh, have them yeah, send it directly to me, but more on that to come. Okay. We'll, we'll find out. Right. But anyway. Well, well, you know what? Uh, now I feel really dumb, but. Uh, <laughs> I've never learned so much, and that you know, through the reporting, and then just yeah, 
been made yeah. Phil, so yeah. well, I'm stupid. I've been making these, you know, a little more dad jokes lately, yeah. but we I are still going to have that. some ag facts and some of that stuff. So yeah. we'll, we'll mix it up. All right. yeah, I, I think I'll keep facts. you on your toes. So. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, that, you bet. Uh, you know what? Before we look any sillier, that uh, wraps up the news this week. Uh, thanks for following along with the Arkansas AgCast. We're grateful to you for watching and listening. Uh, remember, you can catch new episodes on, of the show every Thursday at 4 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you prefer to watch or listen. We'd appreciate it if you would take the time to leave us a review when you uh, have two extra minutes. Yeah. The Arkansas AgCast is brought to you by Arkansas Farm Bureau, and I'm Jason Brown. And I'm John McMinn. We'll see you next week.